Hello and welcome to this week's podcast from journalism.co.uk where we'll be talking about the importance of security for journalists and some of the options available to them when looking to protect their data and sources. Getting started with information security can be a daunting task, but it's becoming increasingly important for journalists to know what risks to their online security exist. Wendy Grossman, technology reporter for Info Security magazine, explained to me that journalists should always be evaluating the security risks in their own work, asking themselves if they have any information that they don't want other people to know, and what can happen if it did get released into the wrong hands. Everybody should be doing something about security. You're not just at risk because you're a journalist, you're at risk because you're a human being using electronic devices and the internet. The important thing to think about first is to whom are you a threat? Who is interested in you and for what purpose? There are several possibilities. Somebody hacking into your system might be actually just trying to find out who your contacts are. They might be trying to find out what you're writing One of my worst-case scenarios is the idea that somebody would come in and make very small changes to the thing you're submitting where you wouldn't necessarily know they were there, but that would significantly alter the story nonetheless. In one scenario, you are a stepping stone to the target they really want. And in another scenario, you might actually be the target because they want to chill your reporting or they want to put you out of business or they want to be able to find something that they can use to, you know, prosecute you or blackmail you or get you to leave or something. So understanding what it is that somebody might want is really important, and the key to that is understanding who the attacker is. If you are doing the kind of reporting that is going to make a nation state want to target you, like if you're Julian Assange or Edward Snowden, um, you should assume that you are screwed. And at that point, you should think, you know, you should think about, yes, you should keep everything encrypted, but you should also think about not carrying things across borders, and you should think about maybe holding your conversations in an open field where you can see if there's a microphone around. I mean, you know, that's an extreme level of security. If you watch Laura Poitras's documentary, Citizen Four, uh, in the later stages when Glenn Greenwald and Edward Snowden are trying to discuss how to proceed, they start passing notes to each other off camera because they, by that stage they're afraid to speak because of microphones and they don't want the camera to catch what they're saying. You know, that's an extreme level and probably most of us are not going to be in that position, but we might be in contact with somebody who is in that position and therefore we might become a useful stepping stone. Uh, so that's where you have to think about, again, what you want to protect and from whom. The Investigatory Powers Bill was introduced to the House of Commons on the 1st of March 2016 and it provides a new framework to govern the use and oversight of investigatory powers by law enforcement and the security and intelligence agencies. But what does this mean for journalists? Silky Caro, Policy Officer at Liberty and co-author of the handbook titled Information Security for Journalists, specialises in technology and surveillance. She explained to me that journalists should be prepared for the risks we face in the modern communications framework. 
with the new legislation coming in in the UK, the Investigatory Powers Bill, journalists have to be aware that if they're doing any stories that could be of interest to the police or the security agencies, that they do face a real risk of being intercepted, of being surveilled, of having their devices hacked. And that's all made possible by this new legislation that's going through Parliament at the moment. So I think that's the first thing to say is that journalists have to be prepared for the changing environment that they're working in in the UK. Secondly, journalists have to be aware of the changing perceptions that they'll face then when they're doing work abroad or in hostile environments here, actually, because I think given the new legislation and the new ability of the police and security services to legally intrude on the work of of journalists and, and undermine the protections that have been in place for so many years. People and sources will increasingly see journalists as being potentially a hotline to the security um, agencies and the police. Um, So say, for example, you're reporting from a demonstration. I think increasingly activists will become aware, protesters, demonstrators will become aware that um, the the journalists that are communicating with, they're not communicating with in total privacy or, or confidentiality. You know, regardless of whether the source has committed a crime or not, the legislation allows police and security agencies to intercept and surveil those communications. So how can journalists protect themselves and their sources on a day-to-day basis and what tools should they be using to do this? On a basic level, I think it's a good idea to start using some basic privacy tools um, that will protect you um, you know, just generally as you go about your day-to-day work um, and protect you from sort of dragnet uh, mass surveillance that that the government practices and and private companies and so on. So a good tool to use, for example, on your phone might be um, the app Signal, which is open source software. That means that its source code is publicly available. So, um, you know, the tech community can look through the source code and make sure there's no nasties in there, no government backdoors and or um, advertisers, um, tracking tools and so on. Um, but if you are worried, if your story would be of interest to the police and certainly the intelligence agencies, then you do have to get quite serious about source protection. So, you know, no phone app is going to protect you from the hacking capabilities that the police now have. So in those instances, you really do need to get specialised help. At Liberty, we're encouraging journalists to come to us for that kind of individualised help as and when they need it, because that's something that I'm offering from Liberty. There's also the um, Information Security for Journalists Handbook available on the Centre for Investigative Journalism um, website, which goes through uh, some of the tools that you can use. But really, at that point, when, when the work that you're doing is of interest to the police or the intelligence agencies, you either go totally offline or if you're going to continue to use uh, modern communications tools, you have to really think about what devices you're using and what software you're using. And it does mean that journalists have to be prepared for some quite dramatic changes. Um, But it's important because if we don't do that, then journalists will find themselves in a very difficult position of having their sources made, you know, very vulnerable 
to to the state if it if it's that kind of a story, or you know having their anonymity compromised, and um, for, for a journalist that could be career ending. So it is really important that we take this issue seriously. The real question is who are you up against? So um, you know phishing and malware has been a problem for um, people that are trying to avoid credit card fraud and and stuff like that. Um, from you know your average um, hacker sitting in a cafe somewhere up to no good but malware is also a real problem um, if you're against the police so we've we've seen in Snowden documents that the intelligence agencies um, and even the police can um, issue malware to people so encourage people to click on bad links that then lead them to what's essentially like a virus bad software that will create a vulnerability in their computer system that could lead to their um, data, their information, their story, and, and potentially the identity of their source being compromised. So there's no simple solution to these problems. And I think with every story that a journalist takes on, they have to really um, just undertake a, a quick risk assessment on each one. But you have to think across the board on, on a few different aspects. You have to think about how you're browsing, um, and what browsers you're using and whether you're going to give your identity away when you're browsing. And you have to think about how you're communicating with people. And that includes both on phone and on email. Uh, whether you're going to do that in the clear, just regularly using your normal email account or whether you're going to use encrypted email um, and be verifying every time you receive and send an email that the person you think you're talking to is really who they say they are. Um, and those are really all the sorts of questions that now are involved in the business of source confidentiality um, and responsible journalism, I think. If you'd like to know more about how best to protect you, your data or your sources, the Centre for Investigative Journalism's Information Security for Journalists Handbook is available as a free download online and you can find the link on our website. For more podcasts from journalism.co.uk, please visit our website. Thank you.